Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. I just want to start off. Let's start off. Everybody over here, everybody out there, I just want to say happy Valentine's Day. Or, or as flowers call it, the purge. <laughs> now, for those of you out there who got sweets uh, from your sweetheart this year, good news, because the latest research says that consuming cocoa does provide health benefits thanks to something called flavanols, but most chocolate bars don't contain enough of it. That's true. Some of the most popular uh, chocolate bars don't have enough. For instance, the main ingredients in the Snickers bar are peanuts, Caramel and vain. <laughs> and it's a little upsetting. It's a little upsetting. A little disturbing. Some unlikely candidates are trying to join chocolate as potential Valentine's gifts. The agricultural group Legumes from Europe <laughs> is encouraging romantics everywhere to surprise your special someone and amaze them with a recipe using canned legumes. <laughs> of course. It's natural, just like my favorite Valentine's poem. Lentils are red, chickpeas are beige. I bought you beans, you asked for a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I like legumes from Europe. That's a hell of a name. They were part of the techno wave from Europe in the early 80s, wasn't it? It was flock of seagulls and legumes from Europe. Valentine's Day uh, spending uh, for gifts is up this year, according to the National Retail Federation. The average person will spend $192.80. And if you are an average person who wants an average Valentine's Day by spending the average amount of money, we did a little research, and this is true. Here's something you can buy for your special someone for exactly $192.80. It's from the good people at PullsDirect.com. The M-Tech Durango Sandcast Bronze Passage Door Lever Set with the CF Mechanism, okay? Remember, remember, everybody, money can't buy you love, but it can buy you knob. (laughs) I better get some free door handles, is all I know. (laughs) There's big news out there about former U.N. ambassador and woman enjoying intestinal regularity since she started eating delicious Activia, (laughs) Nikki Haley, because this morning, Nikki Haley announced that she is running for president. (laughs) As she said in her campaign announcement tweet, get excited. (laughs) A grateful pass. Of course, any campaign veteran will tell you there is no better time to drop the biggest political news of your life than on Valentine's Day at 6.48 a.m. Yeah. Day everyone's thinking about something else at a time when no one is awake. (laughs) Only way this could make a smaller splash is if Haley had whispered it into a bowl of soup. (laughs) 
Hey, 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 mushroom barley, you want to hear a secret? I'm never going to be president. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't. Haley's first campaign video starts with these words. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. I was different for many reasons. For instance, in my family, we kept the family photographs on the sidewalk. <laughs> it made them very hard to dust. She went on to toss out some classic culture war red meat. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist. Yeah, she knows America's not racist. She learned that as a little girl in her hometown that was split by a railroad track right down the middle to keep the white people on one side and the black people on the other. You know, not racist. She finished her video with a warning to her opponents. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. That's right. She doesn't put up with bullies like the ex-president. She just, and this is true, calls bullies to get their opinion on whether she can run for president. Because <laughs> nothing says strength like picking your bully's brain before doing anything. Hello, Trevor. I'm just getting dressed for school. What would be easier for you to yank up my butt crack, boxers or briefs? <laughs> it's like, I'll do either. Or I could... <laughs> I could go commando. <laughs> but the former president isn't the only one that Haley called for advice. You see, Nikki Haley and I are both from South Carolina. She used to be the governor down there, and we go way back. In fact, and I don't talk about this, because I know if I do, it's going to make news. We are best friends. And <laughs> a couple weeks back, Nikki called me up and said, Hi, person I admire most in the world, Stephen Colbert. Is it okay with you if I run for president? Well, I almost spit out my paper straw. And I said, <laughs> You are perfect for it, girlfriend. I don't know anyone more woke than you. And she said, Okay, but first I have to cook my favorite meal on my electric stove, Impossible Burgers and Lesbian M&Ms. <laughs> Best of luck to you, Nikki. I'm happy just to help. People, yeah, she's going to go all the way. She's going all the way. Nikki Haley's not the only candidate that former President Bully is worried about. He's also planning for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, seen here zipping his chest hair into his fleece. Sure. Sure. The governor in Florida has really high poll numbers, which spooks the former president, who apparently now privately refers to DeSantis as Meatball Ron. Ooh, I do not like how much I love that. It's so dumb and accurate. You know what else is really great and bad about it? How easy it is to sing to the tune of Uptown Girl. Let's go. Meatball Ron. He's a walking, talking beef baton. And he tells you that you can't say gay. And that COVID will just go away. That's not okay. Meatball. 
Now, as eagle-eyed reporters have managed to discern from that, the nickname is an apparent dig at DeSantis's appearance. Really? Let's see for ourselves. Jim. Jim, no, not two pictures of Ron DeSantis. <laughs> uh, what? Oh, the one with oh, one of those was the meatball. Okay. <laughs> which which one was the meatball? I couldn't... <laughs> Still, I'm not sure the ex-president is the one to be tossing around meat insults, considering he's a real veal parmesan. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Apparently, the ex-president is also testing out a nickname based on DeSantis's response to COVID, Shut Down Ron. No, you dummy. Quit while you're ahead. You're never gonna do better than the crystallized genius that is Meatball Ron. <laughs> you didn't see Orson Welles trying to top Citizen Kane with Citizen Kane 2, Kane Sane, and the Mem Kane? <laughs> wow. Even stupider more... <laughs> and I might have misread that just now. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know whether I misread that. Maybe that's what I was supposed to say. Even, even stupider more. He's now denying that he even came up with Meatball Ron, posting on Truth Social that all of the fake news is reporting that I spend large amounts of my time coming up with a good nickname for Ron DeSanctimonious. <laughs> they are all 100% wrong. Okay, that actually makes sense, kind of. The ex-president would never be able to come up with something as catchy and as memorable as Meatball Ron. Marinara is his big turn on. Very scared of CRT. Loves to roll around in spaghetti with extra cheese. Rick Stewart. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand-new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the late show, everybody. My first guest this evening has played a professor, a starship captain, and, of course, the poop emoji. He now stars in the third and final season of Star Trek Picard. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Patrick Stewart. (laughs) Nice. How delightful. 
friends out there tonight, Patrick. A lot of friends, yeah. Yes. Happy, uh, what is it? Valentine's Day! Yes. Is it Valentine's Day a big thing in uh, the UK? Oh, huge. Uh, and it was always huge for me every year until today. <laughs> About two hours ago, there was an event in our hotel room where my wife and I are staying at the moment. Um, this is CBS. There are certain events you can't describe. <laughs> That's not what I was led to believe. All right. Yes, Anything sir. goes. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Well, I left the hotel this morning while she was still asleep, and I went off to do all kinds of things. And then when I came back, she was gone. I'd left a beautiful card for her so that she would see it when she woke up. And that when I came home, there on the table was this gorgeous fashionista bag, and, uh, and there was inside it a beautifully wrapped gift. I thought, oh, my Lord, she's left a present for me, and I don't have a present. And uh, well, I'll, I'll open it up now, and I opened it up, and it was a beautiful designer sweater. I thought, great, oh, that's so perfect, I love that. And then I looked at it and thought, maybe I should put it on, you know, so that Sure. She can see me wearing it. Yeah, but seeing how much you love thought. it, exactly. So I did, and it was way too small. Really. <laughs> really too tight. I thought, oh, darn, I'm going to thank her, but I'm going to have to say, but you're going to have to exchange it. Anyway, she came home, and I said, darling, I love your gift. It's beautiful. And she said, what gift? <laughs> and I said, the sweater. She said, that wasn't for you, that's for me. <laughs> Wait. I'm sorry. I, Wait a second. I'm Wait just, a second. So, Patrick. What? What? Did, did she buy the sweater for herself? Yes. <laughs> you know what? Good for her. You know what? Why? Good, why good for her? Yeah. Sisters doing it for themselves is what that is. I guess. Taking, care, taking care of business, we call that. Well, so well, are you in trouble? Are you in trouble? I don't think so. No, I think I think she might forgive you. Yeah, I think she has forgiven me. Right. She is very forgiving in nature. Oh, that's but very nice. Then she is half my age almost, and so that's wow. Yeah, wow, nice. wow. So she's like twenty. <laughs> the Stephen. reason I know. <laughs> I'm a charmer. Now, here's you, the thing. You are, you, but... It really is pretty... It's amazing. You're 82 years old, and yet... And yet, sir... I feel like the decrepit one between the two of us. When they knight you, does the queen anoint you with some oil that keeps you young? What, what is it that you do to stay so vital? It's very interesting you should say that, because I felt that something happened in that moment. You know, you're kneeling in front of Her Majesty. May she rest in peace and the sword touches you on one shoulder and the other shoulder. It's a magical moment, and I felt something must be communicated to me. She is Her Majesty the Queen. And, uh, or else maybe when we shake hands, you know, she's got a little oil or something on. Sure. And that immediately took 30 years off my age. Wow. Do you think it's possible, and do you think that King Charles has the same skill? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. If he knighted me, we'd find out. Would you like that? I, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say no if he's just tossing them out, but I think they should go to somebody who's done something for the, ki the kingdom before me, because I'm not a huge fan of the royalty. I'm just not a huge what? fan. What? What are you saying? I just think they're basically gangsters in nice clothes. I don't... <laughs>
don't. The Colbert Show has done enough for the kingdom. <laughs> Believe really? me. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of kings, I want to talk about uh, King Oberon here for a moment because oh. this is this is this is this is a man who needs a little anointment right here. This is you playing Oberon in Midsummer Night's Dream, and I'm just curious whether you can still pull off this outfit. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wait. What is? But who's out? Was this your idea or the costume designer's idea? We had no costume designer. That's, that's why I'm naked. Um, yeah. yeah uh, by the way, this was the Royal Shakespeare Company. You see, the royals come up again. Oh wow! They, they have had that charm over my life. So even if you show up in something super sexy like this, it still seems classy because it's the Royal Shakespeare Company. Because I'm speaking blank verse. Do you still have? Do you, could you still pull that off? Do you think? Yes. Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Speaking of guys who look good in a loincloth, Hugh Jackman was rec was recently here. He once one time I was interviewing with him. He said that you gave him a little life advice, but how to like start your day. And and do you remember this advice you gave him? Because it sounded like very a very peaceful way to live your life. I do. We were talking about waking up in the morning, and you know sometimes it's very very early, half past four, four o'clock. And oh, to get to a set or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're working, and uh, I I said, look, I have been doing something for years and years, which helps me. I, I don't know, maybe it would help you, but. I read in the morning. I make myself a cup of tea and I get a cookie or something and I get a book, not a script, mm. not a, a computer. Um, a not, novel or something. Yeah, a, a, a novel, you know, not a newspaper. Oh, please, not a newspaper, <laughs> but, but a book. And you lose yourself in that book for half an hour. And that is the way to set up a day. I really recommend it. It frees your head up. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I'll give it a try. Well, if you're going to try that, I can recommend a book you might want to start with. Oh, really? I hear good things about books. What, what, um, <laughs> which one? Actually, you, you couldn't use it yet because it hasn't yet been published. Oh, your book. Oh, that's yeah. right. You're writing a, a memoir. Memoir. Yes. Well, uh, can you tease? Can you tease us with some memory from your memoir? Like what might show up in the book? What What's uh, an early impression of, say, a life in the theater for you? A life in the theater. Um, Any advice you got? Yes, it made me not. It made me into the person that I was not when I grew up. Growing up, I was a. a very unhappy and frustrated person because my life at home wasn't good. But the theater changed all that because I was no longer Patrick Stewart. I was <laughs> King Oberon. Yeah. You know. This guy's got a lot to be happy about. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> now, okay, but wait a second. Okay. Can you tell me about your first experience of like being in the theater? Because, well, I, I, I no longer, you know, do live theater. That's how I started out. And I just love. I love the feeling of being in theater, even if it's empty. Well, the, the difference between being on a film set and being in a live auditorium like now is that, and most audiences don't actually know this, but their presence is a big element. It's a big part 
of the event. Sure. And their contribution is critical, and it's never quite the same. So live theater, <clears throat> excuse me, gives you energy and um, something to play with, which is new and novel. Whereas, uh, you know, you get, yeah, yeah, okay, cut, cut, moving on. <laughs> Not to bang a drum here, but do you have a first memory of being in the theater or, like, an, an early memory of, like, of a play you saw that meant a lot to you when you were a uh, young man? Uh, well, the, the, no. <laughs> the, there weren't, because it, it was the movies that I went to. Oh. Um, we had no TV, no telephone, uh, no car in, in our family. We were hard up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I... Uh, but I had the cinema and I would save my pocket money to go at least once, if possible, twice a week. And I loved the movies. They were my escape. And, of course, a lot of them were in Hollywood, which is now where I live. And it... The it little is, boy got what he wanted. The little boy got more than what he wanted, actually, yeah, because there have been... There have been incidents in my life that were so magical. And usually they're to do with meeting someone mm. whom, as a child, I had adored and worshipped. I mean, the best example for me is Kirk Douglas. When did you meet Kirk Douglas? Well, um, I, uh, I was uh, doing... Um, a Christmas Carol, my one-man show, and I used to end the play sweating, so I always took a shower. And the shower in the theatre we were in in London was down in the basement, as always, of course. And um, I was in there having a shower, and my assistant manager came in and said, that's right, that's right, come on, hurry up, you've got a visitor. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm showering. No, 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 it's Kirk Douglas. In my dressing room? Oh, my gosh. So I, I, I went up there, and there was Kirk, and... Uh, his family were with him. And as I came in, he started to get out of the chair. He was elderly, and he had had uh, a throat problem. It might have been cancer that he had. And, and I, I, I went, say, no, no, don't, don't stand up, Mr. Douglas, please. And, and he said, and he came over, and he put his arms around me, and he said, you are my... Inspiration. He was... Wow. He was a beautiful, delightful man, and he lived to be 103. Wow. As well you should. As yeah, well you yeah. should. We have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere, because we'll be right back with more. Patrick Stewart, everybody. Stick around. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. 
Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Hey, everybody, we're back here with the star of Star Trek Picard, Patrick Stewart. We are now looking at season three of Star Trek Picard. That's why I'm here. Exactly. That's, that's right. Okay. You were reluctant to, to, to take this part back on to do this show originally. We're looking at season three. What are we going to learn about Picard? Or what are we going to learn about the story in this Here's in the this critical thing yes. that they said to me that convinced me that it was the right thing to do. Because you're right, I was reluctant. Um, they said, look, you know, 25, 30 years have passed, maybe, well, 25 years since you last wore a Starfleet uniform. And so much has happened in your life. It's had many changes, uh, some of them good, some of them not so good. It's been a really important time. You're not the same person that you were 25 years ago. Neither is Jean-Luc Picard. Nobody had even hinted at something like that. Mm. And they said, how do we know what has happened to him in those 25 years? We know he became an admiral and he's retired now, but what else is going on in his life? And that was what hooked me because I think one of the one of the quality things about Picard is that not not just myself, but I've got to be very careful what I say now. Um, the other actors in the series um, have all had the same thing said to them. So we are exploring the impact that years of living can have on people. So that we're different. Well, one one of the other actors is Jonathan Frakes, okay, who is in this clip, I believe, that we're about to show. Oh, what really? Pe- yes. <laughs> I believe that you've just received a message uh, that you are asking his help in deciphering. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm alone. Someone is in trouble. I want to help them, and he's the man I think of. Jim. Evelyn's message references these coordinates and to trust no one with them. Plus the, uh, the word Halbert. What's out there? Nothing at all, as far as I can see. But this word, Halbert, I have no idea what it means. Of course not. It was a computer virus on the Enterprise when you were incapacitated. Incapacitated? The cutest. The Borg, of course. They scrambled our navigational system and then arbitrarily added three to every digit. I knew that I called you for a reason. Patrick, thank you so much for being here. It's always such a pleasure. The final season of Star Trek Picard premieres this Thursday on Paramount+. Plus. It's Patrick Stewart, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. 